Welcome to Along the Way Bible Teaching. My name is Zebediah, and I will be taking a look into uh, some of the books of the Bible. Um, this week I'm going to be going over Hebrews, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Uh, and initially looking over, uh, taking a look at who wrote it, um, or at least my thoughts on the human authorship, and then looking into actually what uh, the Bible says, uh, what these two verses uh, tell us uh, and can teach us about um, our life as a Christian. Uh, so, so let's begin. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for bringing those that have decided to listen to listen. I pray that uh, you quicken their ears and uh, that they hear your word. Thank you. Your name. Amen. So, to kind of start this off, um, the book of Hebrews, uh, there are many different thoughts about who wrote it. As What I mean by that is the human authorship of the book. Uh, the person that uh, God, in the form of the Holy Spirit, chose to have write uh, this epistle, this teaching letter. Um many different, uh, maybe not many, but there are a few schools of thought. Uh, the biggest one out there would be uh, Paul. That uh, Paul being uh, a man formerly known as Saul, who uh, actually persecuted Christians initially. And he was a man that was very zealous about the law. Um, and eventually, uh, through the work of God, uh, Jesus met him on the road, he had an experience with Jesus Christ, and as a, he believed, he uh, ended up writing, uh, confirmed 13 books of uh, the New Testament, of the Bible. Uh, it was a man who was heavily used by God, um, and he was initially a Christian killer. So, uh, like I said, many people believe that this man, Paul, uh, was the initial writer of Hebrews. As uh, honestly, a couple of men that I listened to to get insight into so the Bible, uh, J. Vernon McGee and Chuck Smith, both also agree uh, with that assertion that uh, the Apostle Paul wrote uh, the book of Hebrews. This is a, my stance is different than that. Um, I personally don't believe Paul wrote it. Uh, partly due to uh, a verse, or a chunk of scripture in Acts, uh, Acts 21.11, uh, there was a man who told uh, the Apostle Paul uh, that if he were to essentially go and uh, deal with the Jews in a certain way, uh, he was... Uh, essentially there was a, a cleansing ceremony and he was going to take a couple of guys and... Uh, essentially be part of this Jewish ceremony. Um, but, but a prophet came and told him that if he went, that he, Paul, uh, was going to be taken into chains, that he was going to be imprisoned. Uh, on top of that, there were a number of other instances where uh, Paul was specifically pointed out that his ministry, that where God wanted him, was among the Gentiles, was among the people 
that did not initially have God's word, uh, the non-Jews. So you kind of mix those two things together. Um, on a num number of occasions, Paul wanted to be with the Jews, wanted to see his brethren, those that he loved, his countrymen, uh, to follow Christ. And he wanted to teach them. He wanted to bring them into that knowledge of Jesus Christ. Uh, but it seems that he was kept away from it. And that is my stance. That is where I, th I believe that I don't think that it was Paul that uh, I said the men that I mentioned earlier, uh, their stance uh, seems to be a bit more academic, uh, being that uh, the way that things were written, the way that the book is written, uh, the way that the Greek is, which is something that I don't have that great of a uh, grasp of. Um, I can use books and literature and figure out and look at how the Greek works. But these were men, uh, say J. Vernon and McGee, who wrote a thesis on why he thought Paul uh, was it, based on, say, these more academically. Like I said, and like I described mine, is a little, my thought is a little bit more on uh, the way that God was dealing with Paul, or the way that it seems that God was dealing with Paul uh, in the book of Acts. So, uh, with that out of the way, uh, with that understanding out of the way, I'm actually going to get into uh, the actual Bible, into the book of Acts. Um I'm sorry, the Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews um, is a book that was written to a group of Jewish believers, uh, a group of people who um, were kind of stuck in between uh, their old lifestyle, is that the, this law, these uh, this way of living, this very specific, very pre. pre uh, preset uh, notions and ideas that you do things this way and this way. Uh, whereas the Christian life was very freeing. You didn't have the law. Um, you just needed to follow after Jesus Christ. And um, there are ways, uh, practical ways for us to do that, but it was not as much as a do this, don't do this. That these men and women had essentially growing up. And so the book of Hebrews as a whole is a look at how Jesus Christ is better than. Is that Jesus Christ is better than everything that's in the law. And it systematically takes um, all the things that the Jews had in the law and then shows how Jesus Christ is better than that. It constantly is looking at how Jesus is better than. Um, so, yeah, let's begin. Let's uh, look at the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 1. The God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he made the world. 
So, um, start there at the beginning. As I said, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers, as it in the prophets, in many, in many portions and in many ways. Uh, so, throughout the Old Testament, as a God spoke to man, he spoke to uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he spoke to them in let's say, different ways. So to Abraham, God showed up in a pre-incarnate form uh, to them. Uh, so the angel of the Lord, you'll see uh, many times in, in the Old Testament. It's like if you look through it, it's at that. Uh, me included and a number of other people, uh, the teachers and the like, believe that so when you see that, as a, that were the angel of the Lord, that that is a picture of the it's pre-incarnate Christ. Um, and that came to speak to Abraham on a number of occasions. And then after that, as a, you see where God uses dreams. As a, he spoke to man through dreams. And then after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as a, you had Moses, uh, was the next man that God spoke to, and God spoke directly to Moses with an audible voice. As I, and then after that, you had the priest, and God spoke to the priest, honestly, in a very different way. Um, sometimes to the high priest, he might speak directly, or in some way on, uh, regardless, he might speak to the high priest uh, directly, give him a vision, give him you know a word um, on the day that he went in. And then other times you had uh, throughout the day uh, when the men and women would come to the priests looking for like an answer from God. They had an umum and a thurum. And so they're essentially two stones. So it's a random choice. And so they would ask a question and they would choose and you know essentially yes or no questions. Um, and so you and then from there after that after is it the priest went on. Uh, up until uh, Christ, uh, the, you had a period in between there where you had the prophets, as uh, these women, as men and women who God spoke to, either through any of the ways that we just described, through it's a direct conversation, through a vision, through a dream, um, through an idea in the head, or just through like uh, a practical situation, and they would go and speak to the children of God, they would speak to the Jews. And so, uh, God spoke through these people, through these prophets, um, to deliver his message, to tell them what uh, he wanted them to hear, what they needed to hear, uh, say, uh, just where the, either where they needed to go, uh, what they were doing wrong, what they were doing right, uh, that kind of thing. So, and then, after the prophets, after all these things, after uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, after all this stuff happened, God spoke through Jesus Christ. And as I said, that's there in verse 2. In these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed, heir of all things, through whom also... He made the world. Um, God spoke to us through Jesus. In the King James, um, at the His Son, as a the word His, um, you'll see it in italics. 
it's not there in the Greek. As uh, the kind of the Greek uh, says, in these days has spoken to us in son. As uh, God has spoken to us in Jesus Christ. Which kind of brings us to, uh, we see in the Gospel of John uh, 1 1, um, kind of an ex explanation kind of there. Um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, that is Jesus Christ. The Word is Jesus Christ. Uh, when God sp speaks, Jesus Christ happens. You know, we kind of see that there. As a, that, they, that the Word and the conversation of God is Jesus, the second person of that. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him, through Jesus Christ. And apart from him, or apart from Jesus Christ, nothing came into being that has come into being, and in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And that's the Gospel of John, verses 1 through 5. Um, so, when God spoke in these last days, that is to say, when God spoke to us, his final word is, it, is Jesus. In that, um, God has nothing new to say to us. As Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. Um, so, he doesn't have something additional to say to us, or new, or uh, different uh and as we look into the New Testament, into the New Testament writings, it's not so much a different idea or a different way that God is dealing with us. It's the same ways. As a God is dealing with us in the same ways that he dealt with the Jews. You know, when he speaks to, when he speaks to men, um, he speaks to them as, a, as a, the Old Testament calls it, a, a still small voice. Um, so sometimes that happens. Uh, sometimes you have dreams, sometimes you have visions, um, sometimes more often than not you have uh, practical situations in which God shows you what he wants for our lives uh, by introducing something into our lives. Uh, and so, honestly, as we look through the Bible as a whole, as a God spoke through Jesus Christ, what he wanted to say, what he finally wanted to bring out, he said in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. As uh, all the creation was leading to uh, this moment, as that uh, from Adam, as uh, we see that he created man, he wanted to something for him to be with, something of its own mind that would choose to love him. As uh, we see it, uh, Genesis there, that not only did he create man and woman, uh, and give them the ability, Ability to choose as he gave them free will as he also gave them a way to choose against them against God uh, that being uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil um, and so it was a choice is that love is not love if there isn't a choice so we see in first uh, John chapter 5 verse 8 <laughs> Uh, from the New American Standard Bible, uh, the one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Uh, 
Uh, initially, one of the things I was going to do with this was look into, say, the character of God. I was looking at some of the characteristics of God. I was going to go into Exodus. Uh, but this is honestly kind of where it looks like God's leading me is essentially to talk about God's love. Um, kind of looking at it a little more. Um, as it says that the one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Um, interesting thought. Uh, it was kind of revealed to me as you kind of look through scripture that you see is that uh, some of the books that I've read kind of show uh, that God is, is not made up of characteristics. As a, that is to say that uh, God does not have pieces of love, does, doesn't have pieces of justice and mercy. Uh, that would be kind of taking from what we know as human beings and putting that onto God. Uh, as a, one of the scriptures I think I'm going to look into later uh, is that so we see through a glass but darkly. As a, when we're looking at God, it's kind of like... Um, so there's an old uh, thing about it Plato in it, in it where uh, he's giving a lesson where there's a fire and some people looking at an image of uh, shadows on the wall of different objects. Uh, that's kind of how so we see these attributes, how we see justice, how we see love, how we see mercy, um, is that they're shadows on the wall. Is that the real thing is much deeper, much more profound. Um, and unless, you know, we turn around and look at what say, God truly has for us, um, say, we're chasing shadows. As uh, we're chasing after as a, a broken and imperfect uh, that we can't love without having um, God to show us how. Um, we can kind of get an idea of kind of how love acts. It's, uh, the Bible teaches us, and we see in First Corinthians, uh, the entire chapter of 13 uh, shows us both uh, the positives and negatives, like kind of how uh, love acts and reacts. I'm not going to go through the entire chapter of that. Um, it's really just going to go over, as I said, the positives. Um in First Corinthians, as I don't really necessarily have time um, before the whole thing. It's, uh, in First Corinthians chapter thirteen is uh, it's called the love chapter. Um, by many, it shows us kind of how love acts and how when we are, as it says, that God is love uh, that we saw there. Um, how we are supposed to act is it because God. Uh, indwells in us if we being believers this is how we ought to look like to other people is that love is patient is that love is kind and is not jealous love does not brag and is not arrogant does not act unbecomingly it does not seek its own is not provoked does not take into account a wrong suffered does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. There's a bits of this list, I think, that uh, 
we can kind of fake. Is that we can fake patience and kindness. Um, we can keep our jealousy away from people. You know, it's hard not to brag or be arrogant about about things, but I think eventually we can learn how not to be. You know, or we can fake it. You know, and so many of these other things. But it's really the end there. Is that verses uh, six and seven? Uh, that it goes from as the Bible tends to do uh, this outward appearance, uh, this outward way of acting, to this inward way. As it does not rejoice in unrighteousness. I mean, that's something itself that you can, you know, hide that people don't necessarily have to see in you. But that's something that's deep inside. But rejoices with truth. As it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. I mean, these are things that. It's in the ways and acting that they're not outward. They're not always outward. Uh, they're inward. And is it, that's what God cares for. That's what God wants out of us is our inward being. Is that to be loved, to love others, I mean, it's inward. It comes from who you actually are. Um... And John chapter 15, we're going to look at and see what Jesus calls love and how he explains it. So John chapter 15, so this is Jesus Christ talking to his disciples. It says, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that one laid down his life for his friends. Uh, and then we see in Romans chapter 5, 6 through 10, um, it's a kind of a deeper explanation of that. Um, or another explanation of that. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one would hardly die for a righteous man, Though perhaps for a good man, someone might even dare to die. And this is the kicker. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then later on in Romans 5.10 it says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. It says there that we were enemies with God. Is that, is that we were so far removed that our sin had so far removed us from being with God. Is that, that God saw us as enemies. Is that, is that God being pure, as a being absolute, uh, could not stand to be with us, as a being near us, his creation, the thing that he loved. He couldn't be with us or near us because of our sin. Is that acting to do something about it, he sent his son down so that we could be with him. So I guess really the only question left is, how do we act out this love? I mean, there are hundreds of books written about how to love one another. There's Love Languages book and all kinds of other things. And, uh, pastors and people teaching that's that. How do we how we love one another? Um, I'm really just going to leave with um, 
with some simple thoughts. Um, it's a being that has Christ lives in us. And we read in Galatians uh, 5.22 as a, the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, that, that phrase there being uh, the meaning that as Christ dwells in us, the things that come out of us, the attributes that we start to show are. Uh, uh, and so that verse, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Um, as we continue our walk with Jesus Christ, as a, with God, as we seek to know him better, as we learn about who he is, uh, these things, those attributes of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self they will become a part of who we are. Because that is who God is. Because those attributes, those pieces, those minor understandings of who God is will start to fill us up so that we can give those out to people. So that we can show love in those things to those around us. Thank you for listening. This was Along the Way Bible Teaching. Um, I know it was rough. It's my first time. It's been about a year. Um, thanks for getting through. God bless.